Our topic tonight, out of the book of Ezra, chapter 5, and a little bit into 6, Turning the Heart of the King. Now we pick up here from a little overlap from chapter 4, starting in verse 4, the people of the land tried to discourage the people of Judah, and they troubled them in the building, the building of the temple. And then verse 24, thus the work of the house of God, which is at Jerusalem, ceased, and it was discontinued until the second year of the reign of Darius, king of Persia. And so they, we left Babylon, a number of us, 42,000 or so, and came back to Jerusalem, started rebuilding the temple under the guidance and help of Zerubbabel. And then it, these neighbors come in and they cause trouble, described as the enemy, and they get the work to stop. And it stops all the way until the time of Darius, the king of Persia. So maybe, as we have Cyrus there on the chart, and then we have the, the king after him, his son, Cambius, reigns about eight years, and then Smyrdas reigns about a year, and then Darius uh, the first. And so maybe for about 10 years, the work of God slows almost to a halt as a result of that, as a result of these neighbors. And God had commanded for it to be built. God had ordained it. God had blessed it. Things were moving forward. People were willing. People gave of their time, their talents, their, their resources. And now this block comes and stops the work of the Lord from moving forward. Send to chapter 5, verse 1. The prophet Haggai and Zechariah, the son of Edu, prophesied to the Jews who were in Ju Judah and Jerusalem in the name of God of Israel, who was over them. So Zerubbabel and Yeshua, the son of Yozadak, rose up and began to build the house of God, which is in Jerusalem. And the prophets of God were with them, helping them. And so they start building again under the guidance of these two prophets, Haggai and Zechariah. So guess which books we're going to be studying soon? Haggai and Zechariah, right? And so they're prophesying and it's helping Zerubbabel and Yeshua, son of Zadok, to go back to working and building the temple of the Lord, right? And so the work gets started again and God is with them and helping them. Then Tatanei, the governor of the region, and his companions came to them and said, Who has commanded you to build this temple and finish this wall? And so they told him the names of the men who were constructing this building. But the eyes of their God was upon the elders of the Jews, so that they could not make them cease till a report could go to Darius. And then a written answer was returned concerning this matter. So they start building. And now these other people, this guy, this... Tataniah guy comes, and 10 years later, he comes to them, or so, 10 or whatever years, they've ceased building for the most part. He comes, they start building again. He comes and says, what are you doing? And it's like deja vu. It's like, oh no, not all over again, right? We've already been through this once. Now this new guy comes, and he wants to question our building. And he's probably going to want us to cease. And then it says, it says there that... Um, the eye of God was upon the elders so that they did not have to cease until at least a report comes from Darius. So obviously there was some discussion that went on there. What are you doing? Why are you building this again? Well, and they start to give an explanation. They go back and forth. But the guy then says, well, 
all right, well, you keep building, but I'm going to check with the king, and then I'll get back to you. So they get to at least continue to build. God bless them in that. Now, have you ever been through an experience like that? Where you're doing something, and then something blocks it, right? Something comes along, and eventually you get through it, and then it seems like all over again. Oh, we're going through this all over again, right? You're going with your family, and, and then, you know, you get into a rough spot, and then you make it through that, and then it seems like it crops up all over again, right? Or a situation with your neighbor, and then you've settled things, at least you feel, and then all of a sudden something happens, and now they're unhappy with you again, right? Or a boss, or a coworker, or a friend, right? Or, or you went through something with your car, you, broke down, you get it fixed, things seem okay for a little while, and then all of a sudden you get the problem all over again. Oh, no, not again, right? We don't have to go through this again, do we? Right? It just seems like we're always under attack, right? That's kind of the Bible theme, right? One attack after another, right? We go from, from one pot into another, right? And that's life. That's what life on this earth seems, right? And that's not how it seems, because in a lot of ways that's reality, Right? Just a kind of reminder, we're not in heaven. Right? We're not there yet. We're still in this fallen planet. Satan is still the ruler over this earth, at least is managing over this earth, the prince over this earth. Yes, God is God. God is king. God is ruler. But because Adam and Eve surrendered us and we've followed suit, he rules over the things that take place here for the most part. And thus we go from one problem to another and he's constantly trying to trip us up. He hates God, and he's attacking us all the time. And he uses people to do it. He uses circumstances and situations. And then again, we're just in a fallen planet. Things get worse. Things break. We get old. Things in us break. Things in us falter. Things in us get worse. Things happen around the world. Things get worse. Hurricanes happen. Stuff happens, right? There's even like a bumper sticker, right? It says, blank happens, right? <laughs> yeah, things just happen sometimes, right? And that's how it is. And so here it is, they, they finally get, okay, let's start building again. Good idea, all right, let's get to it again. And now the building inspector shows up. Another new building inspector, another one comes. Right? I thought I got past with the other one, right? And now another one comes. And so then the message goes to Darius, and you can imagine them sitting there waiting for that message to come back. Right? Sleepless nights. Worrying, fretting, fearing, what's going to happen next? Right? And then you, you give it over to God, and then a few minutes later, you start worrying about it again, and start fretting about it again. And you give it over to God again, and you're okay for a while, trusting, and then maybe an hour or two later, then you're attacked again with thoughts of, oh no, the end of the world is going to come, we're not going to have any money, we're not going to make it through the week, we're not going to make it through the month, what are we going to do in retirement, how are we going to make it there, so how are we going to get here, how are we going to... And the worst case scenarios start coming into your mind of total chaos, destruction, the end. And you can't even see the light anymore. Right? In the bright daylight, you can't even see the light, you can't even make it through because you went through this before and it didn't seem to go good, and now you're fearing it's going to happen all over again, right? And that's what they're experiencing, right? It's rebel that we left Babylon, we China, nothing going our way. So, that's where we're at. Verse 6. And so this is the copy of the letter that Tataniah sent, the governor of the region beyond the river and his companions to Darius the king. 
all peace. Let it be known to the king that we went into the providence of Judah, to the temple of the great God, which is being built with heavy stones and timber is being laid in the walls, and this work goes on diligently and prospers in their hands. And we asked the elders, who commanded you to build this temple? Okay, so so far the letter seems okay, right? So far, nothing wrong in that letter. Not like the other letter that we, was in chapter 4 that was sent 10 or more years prior, which, you know, just had all kinds of slants to it and negative talk. Here he calls them the elders, and they're working hard, and they're working diligently, just kind of giving the facts. Not calling them troublers of the land and doomsdayers. They're going to not pay their taxes anymore, right? So, so far, just kind of factual. Verse 11. And we asked them, and they said, We are the servants of the God of heaven and earth, and we are building the temple that was built many years ago, which a great king of Israel built and completed. But because our fathers provoked the God of heaven to wrath, he gave them into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, who destroyed this temple and carried the people away to Babylon. Okay, so two things. Again, as far as the message going from Tatanai to the king, he's just laying the facts. I asked them, who gave you permission? And this is what they told me. And he's laying it out seemingly exactly as they said it. No slant to it, no prejudice to it, no, none of his own words being brought into it. He's telling it exactly as the Jewish leaders, Jewish elders told him. And then secondly, we look at what is the answer that the Jewish people gave to him. Well, they start off, we are the servants of the God of heaven and earth. Hey, well, that's a good answer. How do we answer when people say, well, who are you? Where are you from? Where are you going? What are you doing? Where do you work? What's your profession? What's your career? Do we exalt God? Do we let it be known right off? We are servants of the God of heaven and earth, right? He's not just any God, but he is the creator God. There is no one else like him. There's no one who even claims to be like him. He's above it all. He created everything. And we're, we're just his servants. We're not much, we're nothing, we're, he, we're servants. He is everything. To the people where we work, know that we are servants of the God of heaven and earth, the people in our neighborhood, our neighbors, people at our school, our friends, do they know that we are servants of the God of heaven and earth? Where we go shopping and people we interact with, is it lived out in our lives? Is it mentioned in our words? Is it shown by our deportment, how we live? By what type of music we listen to? By what type of bumper stickers we have on our cars, or what type of shirts we wear, or hats we wear, is it evident to those around us that we are servants of the God of heaven and earth? That's the first thing they say. They don't even know this guy, this Tatanai. He comes out of seemingly nowhere. He shows up. What are you guys doing? And the first thing they say, well, we are servants of the God of heaven and earth. Right? They're not concerned what he's going to think about that. They're not concerned that he's going to get jealous. Oh no, his God is better than our God, and here we're professing our God is the God of heaven and earth. They don't care. 
They're not concerned about that. Is he going to reject our God? Is he going to now be prejudiced against us? Is this not going to go well now if we tell the building inspector that we're, we're believers in the Lord God? How's that going to go over? That's not what they're concerned. That's not what they're questioning. They just lay it out there. Tell the facts. Because it's true. And we've seen through their lives, leaving Babylon, everything they've done in chapters 1, 2, 3, 4, that they are servants of the God of heaven and earth. And then they say, what we're doing? We're building, we're building the temple. And then they don't lie about it, but it was destroyed because of our sins. We've made mistakes. We upset the God of heaven. We weren't obeying him. We disobeyed him. And the wrath of God came down upon it. Right? Not trying to excuse it, not trying to blame anyone else. But you see this temple, you see it's in ruins, we're having to rebuild it, we're having to start all over, because we blew it. We made mistakes. Right? Confession is good. It's healthy, it's healing. Denial, it's just a river in Egypt. Verse 13. However, in the first year of the king Cyrus, he issued a decree to build this house of God. The gold and silver articles of the house of God which Nebuchadnezzar had taken from Jerusalem, King Cyrus took and gave to Zerubbabel, whom he made governor. And he said to him, take these articles, go carry them to the temple site that is in Jerusalem and let the house of God be rebuilt on its former site. Okay, so again, just given the facts, they're laying the facts out. And this guy, Tatanai, he's telling it like they told it. Verse 16, Zerubbabel came and laid the foundation of the house of God, which is in Jerusalem. But from that time, even until now, it has been under construction, but it is not finished. Now, if it seems good to the king, let a search be made in the king's treasure house, which is in Babylon, whether it is so that the decree was issued by King Cyrus to build this house of God at Jerusalem, let the king send his pleasure concerning this matter. Okay, so that was the Jewish elders' report, and this is what the guy told the king. So they told what's happening, and then they made their request. Go ahead, go search the records. King Cyrus backed us. King Cyrus gave us the okay, and we're just doing what your predecessor said we can do. Search the record, check it out. We got the permits, we did it right, we, we checked it out, we're clear with God, and we're clear with men. And so we're just going ahead with that. And again, this Tatanai, he gave the message just as they did, quite different than in chapter 4, when those adversaries said, don't let them build anymore, they're rebels, they've been rebels from the beginning, they're not going to pay taxes, they're going to fight against you, and you're going to suffer want because of them, and they're going to break away, and they've done that in the past, and they're going to do it again. No, instead of that, he just lays the message out and gives it to them, gives it to the king. So now, how does the king reply and respond? We saw in chapter 4 that King Cambius, he did not reply very well. He said, stop the building. And so now we got a new king on the block. What's he going to do? And again, the whole time this is happening, and I guess it would take quite some time for the message to get to the king, 
for the king to respond. They're praying, no doubt, battling with worry, fear, anxiety, trust, faith, surrender, back and forth, back and forth. King Darius issued a decree, and a search was made, and a scroll was found. And it said, in the first year, King Cyrus issued a decree concerning the house of God at Jerusalem. Let the house be rebuilt, the place of sacrificing, its foundation be firmly laid, 60 cubits by 60 cubits, with three rows of heavy stones and one row of new timber. Let the expenses be paid from the king's treasury and restore the gold and silver articles which Nebuchadnezzar took from the temple. So King Darius, he does do what they asked him to do. He does do a search. He does look into the matter and he finds the scroll. He finds the record from Cyrus giving the command to allow the temple to be rebuilt in Jerusalem. Well, that's a good king. He's in the second year of his reign, and he's willing to consider the matter. He's willing to look into it. And again, we have no idea how long it took. I had no doubt he had to wait in line before you can go and see the king, before Tatanaya can go and even deliver the message, and then for the search to be made. He didn't have a computer and just do a search engine and just pop it up, right? Decree of Cyrus. So time is going past. How do we do when we're waiting for an answer? We're waiting for an answer from the doctor, right? We've been through this before. We got a bad report. We went through it, made it through it. Now all of a sudden, we go for our checkup and they see something that doesn't look right. right? It takes a little while to get the report. How do we do? How, do, how does our faith hold up when we're waiting for an answer? We took a test, and we're waiting for an answer. We're waiting for the grade. We apply for a job. We're waiting for them to look it over. Are we able to sleep at night? Do we trust the Lord? Do we leave it in his hands? Do we have faith? Or do we struggle with it, worry and fret? The king then says, Now therefore, Tatanai and your companions, keep yourselves far from there. Let the work of this house of God alone. Let the governor of the Jews and the elders of the Jews build this house of God on its site. Praise the Lord. God has moved upon the heart of the king and he has shown favor in behalf of the Jewish people. This is a miracle. God has blessed. And he continues, Moreover, I issue a decree as to what you shall do for the Jews, for the building of this house of God. Let the cost be paid at the king's expense from taxes on the region beyond the river immediately, so that there is not be hindered. Whatever they need, bulls, rams, lambs, for burnt offerings of the God of heaven, wheat, salt, wine, and oil, day by day without fail, that they may offer sacrifices of sweet aroma to the God of heaven and pray for the king and his sons. Wow, that's even better. Hey, he just pours it out on them. Not only don't hinder them, help them out. I'm even going to help them out. I'm going to help provide what they need for this house of God, and I want them to be praying for me. Right? God has blessed this king. 
And we saw on that chart, Cyrus got to reign for a long time, for a good amount of time, almost 30 years. Darius gets to reign for a good amount of years as well. Cambius and Smyrna, uh, the next guy, something like eight years, and then the other guy's only like seven months. God blessed him as he blessed the children of Israel. I also issue a decree that whoever alters this edict, let a timber be pulled from his house and erected, and let him be hanged on it, and let his house be made a refuse heap because of this. May the God who causes his name to dwell there destroy any king or people who put their hand to alter it, or destroy this house of God which is in Jerusalem. I, Darius, issue a decree, let it be done diligently. A man of decision. Right? I don't know if he had some advisors there saying, oh no, don't help out Jerusalem. Oh no, don't move the embassy to Jerusalem. Oh no, don't let the temple be built in Jerusalem. Oh no, everybody's going to be upset. Oh no, everything's going to panic. Oh no, the world's going to come to an end. He moves ahead decisively and does what is right. And he says, hey, anyone who goes against this, let them be hanged in their own house. And he calls upon God of Jerusalem, the God of this temple, the God who causes his name to dwell there. Not my God, not the God of the Persians, not Marduk or anyone else, but their God. May he stand and defend his temple. And I believe God did, because this temple was altered and was destroyed in 70 AD by the Romans, and the Roman Empire is no more. It took God a little time, but eventually he caught up with them. And he ended their kingdom, their empire, and we're still alive today. God has sustained us with ups and downs, with bumps and, and hindrances along the way, with roadblocks, as we saw in chapter 4, as we saw in the beginning of this chapter, and this chapter is not over yet, because this is the decree of the king, but what is... Tatanai do with this message? Does he allow it to go forward? Does he obey the king's decree? Does he go back and give a good message and let them go unhindered? Does he support them? Hey, you know, it's one thing to get approval from the top boss, but you still got to deal with the middle manager. It's one thing for the owner of the housing development to give an okay. It's another thing for the local manager that you got to deal with all the time. It's one thing for the city council. It's another thing for your homeowners association. Hey, who do you have to deal with? Hey, you got to come home. You got to deal with your family, you know? Your boss, the government, the president might say it's okay, but what about your spouse? What about those that we have to deal with on a daily basis? principal might say, okay, but you still got to deal with the teacher. Still got to deal with people. And so, what does Tatanai do? Well, next verse. Verse 13. Tatanai, governor of the region beyond the river and his companions, diligently did according to what King Darius had sent. Praise the Lord, we're back on track. God has blessed all the way through. Right? And often that's how it is in our life. Problems come, and we worry and we fret. Sleepless nights, 
and all for nothing. There was nothing there. There was no problem at all. This guy wasn't an enemy like the guys 10 years before. He was just curious. He just came and asked, what's going on? What are you doing? They told him the facts. He went and gave the facts. He got the answer, and he came back, and all was well. And often that's how it is with us. Often the problems are mostly in our mind. They're bigger in our mind than they are in reality. Satan's lies and blows them up and blows them up and blows them up and makes them bigger and bigger and bigger. And we focus on them and focus on them and they become greater in our minds. Like the 10 spies who came back from Canaan when we were on the other side in the wilderness. And they said, and the more we looked at them, the bigger they got in our eyes. And that's what happens. The more we look at the problem, the bigger it gets in our eyes. And the smaller our God seems. How do we start our prayers? Oh Lord, God most high, ruler of heaven and earth, nothing is impossible for you. Exalting him and then presenting our problem? Or do we start... Oh God, I got this problem. You don't know how bad it is here. Oh, I'm so alone. Oh, I'm in so much pain. Oh, I got this trouble. Oh, my car. Oh, my neighbor. Oh, my spouse. Oh, my kids. Oh, this problem. Oh, my. And we just go on and on. And the problem then becomes bigger than God. Where is our focus in our mind? Where is our focus in our words? Where is our focus in our attitude? Where is our focus in our life? doesn't tell us what Zerubbabel and Yeshua was thinking back in Jerusalem. They kind of leave that out of the story. But how about for you and me? When we go through similar things. Someone comes and it seems like they're coming as an enemy. Jacob was met in the middle of the night with a man. It seemed like an enemy. And it was the Lord. And sometimes we think he's the enemy. Sometimes we blame him. Why'd you allow this to happen to me? And he's not at fault at all. And he's really there just to help. And when we think about it, if this guy, Tatanai, didn't come, they wouldn't have had all this help from Darius. He gave even more help. They need bulls and lambs and wheat and whatever they need. Just ask. We'll give it to them. It ended up turning into a blessing. God will work all things out together to good for those who love God, those called according to his purpose. We need to seek God more and trust him. And even if it seems like bad news, trust the Lord. He's going to work it out in his time, in his way. It may take 10 years, may take three kings later, but wait upon the Lord. Trust in him. And stop fretting and worrying about every little thing. You know, sometimes, again, a problem can be so big. We can lock ourselves out of the house and think it's the end of the world. You know, and it's not always so bad. Things can be so much trouble. We can make our troubles so much bigger in our own minds than they really are. We'll just trust the Lord and leave it with him. And whatever we're going through right now in our lives, how are we handling our problems? How are we handling 
our situations. How are you, how am I handling the situation of whatever you're going through? And it might be a really big problem. Or it might not be. And we might not know. This could have been really big. This king could have, and he reigned a long time. He could have put a stop to it for a long time. It could have gone really bad. And maybe you're in the middle and don't know yet what the actual decision is. Lay it before the Lord. Trust in him. Don't let the situation steal your peace. Don't let it distract you from God. Trust in him. Dealing with worry, anxiety, concern, a problem, an outside attack, an inward feeling, surrender it before the Lord. Trust in him. Release it to him. Confess it to him. And accept the Messiah's sacrifice, accept his death, accept his forgiveness, and receive his deliverance Let him remove the guilt. Let him remove the fears. Let him fill you with trust. Let him fill you with faith. Let him fill you with strength to continue on, to move on, doing the work of the Lord. And as we serve the Lord, we should expect there's going to be problems. We should expect there's going to be opposition. We're going to expect there's going to be questions. And may God use them for his honor and glory. And who knows, maybe this guy Tatanai came to the Lord as a result of this. At least he came to a knowledge of God. At least he found out that they believe there's a God who created heaven and earth. And same all the way up to King Darius. Because of this whole situation, this chapter, the truth of the God of heaven made it to the king's throne. And maybe what you're going through is just so that some doctor, some building inspector, some city council, some neighborhood watchdog, some homeowners association, some landlord, some owner, somewhere, someone down the line, some principal, some teacher, someone needs to know that there is a God in heaven who created the earth and that he has servants here on this earth. And so not every trouble is a trouble. God will work all things together for good to those who love him, those called according to his purpose. When we go through the difficulties, look for the shiny, the silver lining, right? Where is God's blessing here? Right? The two kids come to a barn, and one opens the door, and he sees it's just full of manure. And he says, this thing, is, this barn has nothing but manure in it. And the other kid says, there's got to be a horse here somewhere. Right? <laughs> so look for the horse. Right? Don't look at the manure. Look for the horse. Where is the horse? Right? Where is God's blessing in this? What's God going to do in this? What's God's lesson for me through this? So as we pray, whatever the situation in your heart is, in your life is today, if you're like Zerubbabel and Yeshua and trying to do the work of God, trying to move forward in your faith, trying to grow in the Lord, trying to share him with others. 
And if you're going through some opposition right now, you're going through some problem, you're going through some situation, surrender it to the Lord. Secondly, if you're being asked what you're doing, who you are, if there's people in your life, people in your circle who don't know that you're a servant of the Lord God, then pray for an opportunity for that to become known. For you to be able to testify. And God be exalted. Third, if you're in the situation like a middle manager like Tatanai, and someone's given you a message to give to a king, given you a message to give to someone else, to pass on some information, may we be faithful and give it as it's given to us. To give the facts, to present the news as it really is. Not with our own slant. Not with our prejudices. Not with our feelings. Not with our opinions. But to just pass on the message. Right? Sometimes someone comes to us for counseling or help with their marriage or situation. And we can sometimes make it worse by adding our two cents in there as we pass on the message. May we be faithful and give the facts and be willing to work with the situation to help make it better and a blessing. Also, maybe we're sitting in the seat of the king. Maybe we're in a position to make some decision, to make some decree, to come up with some solution, to give our opinion, to enact something. May we get the facts like Darius did. He did the research, he got the facts, and he made a decisive decision and stood for the right. May God use us in defending and standing for God's people. May God give us clearness of mind. May our yeses be yes and our noes be no. May we be decisive and consistent and faithful in doing what's right and choosing what's right. And so that's the position you're in. In a moment when we pray, ask God to give you that character, give you that ability. Maybe there's somewhere else in this story that applies to you. Maybe something else God is speaking to your heart and mind about. As we pray, let God work in that area and do his work in you. Let's pray together. Our Lord and our God, ruler of heaven and earth, we praise your name and we thank you. You are the Lord over all things. And you move upon the king's hearts and you move it as you see fit. And thank you for working in this story and working in our lives. And so, Lord, we present all our problems to you and we leave them at your feet. And we confess our worries and our fears and our anxieties. We ask for you to give a thank you for forgiving us through the blood of Messiah. Give us faith and hope and courage and strength and make us living witnesses for you and work out every situation in our life for good. In Yeshua's holy name, amen.